Hello, I'm your host and love coach, Nikki Lee, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. On this show, we're going to take the hour to get closer to nature, and we're going to learn about spirit animals. We're going to learn more about ourselves, and we're going to dig a little deeper. We're going to find out how nature and animals can relate to us, and we can relate to them. Won't you join me? Hello. This is your host, Nikki Lee, and I just wanted to do a short introduction. Due to a health emergency that I, I've had to kind of change up my plans for the show for the last several months, but I'm, I'm looking to get back on schedule. And tonight, I'm going to share the introduction to spirit animals that I recorded. I'm planning to start sharing one spirit animal each month. So tonight, and we're going to kind of give you an introduction to spirit animals, spirit totems, animal medicine, which is fascinating. And then starting next week is my plan. I'm going to focus on one and maybe two specific spirit animals and delve deeper into individuals' animal qualities and just the specifics. So I hope you'll stay tuned with us tonight and learn kind of an overview of spirit animals and spirit totems. And then tune in again with us next week to learn about one and like it's maybe two more in depth. And then we'll be doing another one each month. So stay tuned and keep an eye on my social media to find out the next ones we'll be talking about. Let's get into spirit animals. Hello and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach Nikki Lee. I've wanted to add a new segment to the show, and I've been planning this for like three months, and I kept it under wraps really good. I got the opportunity to get some information about spirit animals. I did some some research to see if this is something I wanted to do in the show, because I was thinking maybe maybe once a month I'd do a show about various spirit animals and just kind of... You know, have us dig into a different animal each month and, and just see what we could learn. Because, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of animal lovers out there. And so I thought, you know, we might like to learn more about these, the different animals and their, their characteristics and this kind of thing and how they apply to people. And then it dawned on me that it would be really good to start with a show that explained what spirit animals are, how they can impact us. And just kind of wrap our mind around the whole idea. So I thought, who do I know that might know about this? And I said, oh, I bet you my friend Paul knows. And Paul hadn't been on the show with me in a while. So I've reached out to him, and sure enough, he does. So, Paul, I am so happy to have you with me tonight. Well, hello. Happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you know, Paul, just so that you know, you have been with me on the show the most of anybody. I do know this, and generally we're talking about sex. This is going to be totally different. <laughs> totally we different. We are usually talking about sex. You are right. So this, this is definitely diverging into new territory. You did ask me how we went from sex to animals. <laughs> so... Well, actually, you know, if you want to think about nature, everything is sex anyway. 
sure. going through their their transitions and and moving on in stages. It's all reproduction and pollinating and rebirth. And yeah, it's all yep. sex. And, and this this is not primal sex. This is this is actually not, yeah. not going to go. Not going to go there. I'm going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I can hijack your show real easy. Of course, you know, with, with the two of us, you never know where the show is going to go. But but this is where yeah. we're going to start. <laughs> animal totems and animals, spirit animals, I love that stuff. Yeah, I like I said, I, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me sooner, but I'm like, you know, I bet you, I just bet you Paul knows about this. How about we start with who you are and why you do know about this? Because, you know, I, shocking as this may be, there may be people that are listening that don't know who you are, Paul. Okay, so beyond being uh, Reverend Paul Tantra Viking Bag, the sex coach, sexual energy healer, and sexological body worker, I also practice Norse mythology. I am not Native American, but I possess a Native American name because I have a great many uh, teachers that are Native American and, and shamans. Um, so I've done a lot of studying in this area. I'm also a Native American firekeeper and been in a Native American drumming group. So this end of, of earth-based spirituality fits right in there for me. And uh, this is, yeah, this was what helps keep me connected to Mother Nature and Earth and all the energies there. So this is a huge part of me as well. All right. See, I just, I just keep finding ways to tap into <laughs> the things you know about them. <laughs> Doing a hell of a job. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I just, I just, I just go, keep going. Paul, do you know about blah, blah, blah? And you, I do. <laughs> so. I do. Amazing how that happens. I know it. I tell you, what, let's let's start with because people may be thinking, okay, she's finally going around the bend and off the deep end this time. Why? Why would it be beneficial for the listeners to learn about spirit animals? Because for the longest time, I thought, okay, this this is just hokey stuff. There is no reason in the world for me to know about this. But I I am now beyond intrigued with this entire topic. So why would it be beneficial for the listeners to learn about this? Well, once upon a time, it was beneficial because before the Internet, before schools, before the Europeans came and settled everything, you learned from what was around you. You learned how to survive by watching animals and see what their behaviors are and how they survive. Um, that's the way it was way back then. Now we can still look to the animals. They have a lot of things to teach us with their behaviors, with their, uh, their patterns, with things in, that we can identify with in their makeup. Basically, okay, put it without giving the definition, and I guess I'll just give the definition. Totem animals, okay, a spirit animal is, is you, who you are. Um, the animal that you identify with, you're inside and out, and you always have and you always will. This is who you are. This is your spirit animal. You, uh, so that is something that does not change. However, totem animals can be, come into your life for different reasons. Totem animals can be things that appear to you to either give you a message or to 
you know, make you think about things. Or totem animals can be animals that you use to achieve a goal or to help you uh, pattern yourself after them to achieve a goal, I should say. Uh, or to um, you recognize things going on in your subconscious or in your inner self that, you know, that's in line with what this animal is about and you want to learn how to deal with it the way they deal with it because it's perfectly natural and instinctual for them. We as humans, we got a thousand other things getting in our way. So that's why we would use them. Okay. <clears throat> now, I, I have noticed in the research I've done so far, <clears throat> and I'm just barely starting yeah. to scratch the surface here, we yeah. cannot choose our spirit animal. Yes. It is said that your spirit animal chooses you. So in, in many different philosophies, and especially in can, primitive can cultures. I make, can I make one more point huh? before you do one? Can I? Can I? Yeah, yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, something else I've noticed when when I talk to people about this kind of thing, and, yeah. and they don't really understand anything about it, they <laughs> they like to say, "Oh, well, my spirit animal is is a, a a lion or a tiger or an eagle or an owl," and they and they pick some real majestic or fantastic kind of animal because they that's how they see themselves not realizing that it's it's on a deeper more how do you say yeah. i guess in an in, in internal kind of level how, how would you explain that you know where i'm yeah, going it, consciously they're saying you know yeah i'm a tiger i'm a i'm a, I'm a cat i'm this i'm that but it's what their subconscious is. It's what they are inside. That's who their spirit animal is, not, not what they want to be. 90, you know, 99 out of 100 times, you're going to get that answer of the person who, this is what I'd like to be. Um, right. You know, unless you're ask, ask, asking like a Marine who just walked off the battlefield and he says, well, you know, my, my, my spirit animal is a, a honey badger, you know. That's <laughs> a fierce animal that never gives up. You know, right. that you might believe, hey, this guy knows. That's his spirit animal. That makes perfect sense to me. You know, yeah, nine times out of ten, they're just going to be what they want it to be. Right. You have to do some deep internal work to find out who your spirit animal really is. Well, and the thing is, if you if you actually start, because I've, I've gone through the book we're, we're going to mention here a little bit, and when you actually study an animal, not just the surface what you what you see just because you know a, a lion is known a certain way an owl is known, known a certain way but when you actually yep. dig and study the animals it's amazing what you learn about them you know and it's it's oh, yeah. not just the you know an owl is smart and, and a, a lion is fierce and and all that kind of thing there's so much more to animals than what we think we know about them. Oh, yeah. You dig a little deeper than what your, you know, just normal everyday perception is, and mm. you start finding out things that, about this creature that you had no idea, and you can actually start to relate to some of it. It's like, oh, yeah, you right. know what? I, I have those same tendencies. Oh, yeah, I feel the same way, and or, or I have the same patterns. Like sometimes these different animals will have patterns um, – 
related to the seasons because, you know, they live out in nature, so that's what they have to do to survive. But exactly. some of us might have some of those same patterns in nature as well that are subconscious and we don't even realize it. Right, right. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll stop interrupting. It just a couple of things that I wanted to kind of that that I had noticed when I was looking at this, and I've noticed from talking to other people, and I thought maybe that might kind of help some of the initial thoughts people might be having. Um, you were you were explaining the difference between spirit animals, totem animals, oh, and animal guides. Spirit animal stays with you. This is who you are. Totem animals um, again can come into your life for different reasons. They can show up in your life like all of a sudden. It didn't happen before, but now you start seeing a fox every morning while you're driving to work. Now, you know, to most people that can be just a common occurrence, but that fox could have a message for you. That could be why all of a sudden he's there. So the idea there would be to start looking at, you know, who is the fox, things about him, what could his possible message, you know. That's one way. Another way is you have goals that you want to achieve. Let's just say you've got you want to start a new business, something like that. So you want to align yourself with an animal that their spirit would be like towards new beginnings. For instance, a ram. A ram is one of my totem animals. It's also what my last name means in Scandinavian. But a ram is the spiraled horns are a symbol of its great creativity. Um, The fact that the way it interacts with um, other rams, like, you know, doing that whole headbutting thing, the show of power and strength. That's another attribute of the ram is the power of the strength. Um, rams also are incredibly sure-footed. Um, you know, they climb up to these high peaks and they get around on these places that are only like two or three inches wide. But these rams manage to go for that. So let's just say you wanted to start a business, you want to be very successful. You'd want to emulate something that is short-footed, something that does climb to new heights. It does have that creativity. So you'd start looking at the ram in different ways, like, okay, you know, what are its patterns? How does it behave? And, you know, take a look at those things in your life. Are they in alignment? Could they be in alignment? Does it make sense that you might want to take over some of these, these behaviors? You can use them as a totem that way. Um, sometimes totems just show up because you need them at a certain time in your life. Um, let's just say an animal that's very protective, um, like a a lion, a mother lion, you could start having dreams where lions are always in there. It's like, okay, well, that lion is there for a reason. Take a look at the lion. So those are totem animals. Um, This kind of off subject, but it'll fit in. Now, like I said, I'm not Native American, but I was given a Native American name. It means uh, the name is Silver River Stag. Now, what this means is this is all about me. Silver, for the, the wisdom of the elders that I possess and am still coming into, and also because my hair is silver, um, river, for the healing flowing waters, because of the sexual healing work that I do, and stag, stag is a huge symbol of um, male potency and strength, And stags always have a huge rack above their head. The rack is a symbol of wisdom, and the more points on the rack is a symbol of longevity. So uh, the stag, at the end of my name, is for my comfortability with my own masculine so that I am able to work with the feminine. 
So my name has a meaning, and in that meaning, there is a totem animal. Well, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and that actually suits me. My, um, my spirit animal is deer. Um, always has been. Deer have always showed up in my life. I've actually seen in 2015, I went down to, um, to New Jersey to speak at a couple of universities on sexual energy, but the cabin I stayed in overnight, there was two white deer eating behind my cabin at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, so what a deer is, a deer is a symbol of innocence and purity and playfulness and things like this, uh, gentleness, but deers also incredibly um, have incredibly keen senses and are aware all the time. They have heightened perception. Um, but they, what they teach is they teach you to be gentle with yourself and others. Well, I teach self-care to all my clients. And self-care mm-hmm. has always been one of my biggest struggles for myself, too. I don't give myself the time to rest. I don't, you know, do the right things at the right times, even though I should. It's always been my struggle. So that will always be my animal. Yeah, that's – I'll talk to you when we're, about it when we're done, but I think that's what mine is. Ah, but I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, so that's my spirit animal, but it can also be a totem as well because I, I work with the deer when I work with my clients, when I teach them about self-care. True. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. So that's basically the difference. All right. I just, like I said, this stuff's just fascinating. <laughs> so, and I've just, I've, I've only read about a couple, but I, I'm learning. I, I don't know nearly what I did, thought I did about animals, but they're just, mm. I, you know, it, wow. Okay. All right. So why, why, I think I sort of, <clears throat> I sort of asked you this, but I, I know that we barely, barely scratched the surface. So why is it important, and how can we use it in our daily lives? All right. Well, number one, it's important to be aligned or in connection with nature anyway. We're human beings. We're we're part of nature. Um, We share the same energies as these animals we're talking about. We share the same energies with the trees, with Mother Earth, all of it. So it's important to keep that connection. harmonizes our energies, it keeps us balanced, it, and it, it, it gives us also a connection to who we used to be before, you know, before this modern society screwed us all up. <laughs> um, that we, you know, have to go to see therapists and take pills and do this and do that. This brings us back to a much simpler, deeper part of who we are. So on a daily basis, to connect with these animals, I mean, a lot of it can just be, it, it, it comes down to location. Um, if we're talking about physically connecting with them, because you may have like animals that wander through your backyard, depending upon where you live, that you know you can connect with them on a daily basis. I happen to have woods behind me, and I've got a couple of paths that um, foxes I know travel. So if I intended to work with a fox, I could easily pick this one out and work with him, but I I do always um, 
just observe everything that goes on around me. It gives me a, a deeper feeling of connectedness, and it also, for me anyway, it, it, I feel more aware of what's going on in my whole day, my whole, my whole life, if I feel aware of what's going on around me when I wake up. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to grasp that too. Um, but if, if connecting with these animals is something you want to do on a daily basis, I would pick one or, first of all, take a look inside yourself and just you know, what anim- animal do you think you connect with and then start researching that animal and see if it is something that, you know, is in line with you or, or maybe it doesn't. And you could, you could pick an animal that you did want to work with. And you can start by, um, you know, doing a little meditation and meditating on this animal. Um, what it does, try to picture it out in its own environment, things like that. When you do these things, when you, when you do uh, connect with animals as totems or, or try to work with them, you end up, in a way, connecting with the energy of that animal, and it carries with you. And that can be an incredibly powerful thing. So what about people that live? Because, I mean, I, I live in a small town, and in about 10 minutes, I can be out in the country. I mean, 10, 10 minutes max. And that's if I get stopped at every light on the way out of town, you know. Um, what yeah. about for people that live in the city? I mean, they're somewhat limited on the types of animals they're going to run into. Um, well, you know, they're, they're going to run into, okay, they're going to run into different animals. Let's put it that way. Unless yeah. there's you know, a zoo, which are probably shut down with COVID right now. So de- depending on where people are located, they're going to be limited with their options in some cases. Well, they are. What do you recommend it's, it's, for these people? It, it's important to connect with nature in, in any way you really can. I mean, I, I recommend that everybody touch the ground barefoot, you know, exactly. to, to, to connect. But as far as with the animal spirits go, um, a park. Uh, you can yeah. find more animals there than you, than you can imagine until you start actually taking a look at it. You know, you may, there may be 20 different species of birds above your head. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you look in the trees, you, obviously they're squirrels, but we could have chipmunks running around. You could have um, rabbits different types of mouse, all kinds of things just all around your feet. You don't even know it. All these animals have their own character and their own, their own behaviors that, you know, we can learn from. Like, believe it or not, a skunk, all right? People want to stay away from skunks generally. They want nothing to do with them. They, they just, yeah, no part of a skunk. But, okay, I, I'm going to ask you, Nikki. From, I, I would study the skunk from a distance, but go ahead. <laughs> Okay, but what do you think you might be able to learn from skunk? Protection, self-protection. Okay, yep, definitely that. <laughs> what else? What else? Um, now, see, you asked me a squirrel, I, I'd be all over that one. I don't know who's a skunk. Okay, so when you start to actually study the skunk and its behaviors... Right? Mm-hmm. What you're going to find out, well, let me just tell you off the, anyway. Um, the skunk is a symbol of sensuality, respect, and self esteem. Really? The skunk moves, yes. The skunk moves out of the way for nobody. 
going down a path, everything else gets out of a skunk way. A well, moose that's... is going to get out of the way of a skunk. Okay? So there's respect. Okay. okay. There's respect. Either you can be, it can be self-respect or, you know, demanding respect from others, that you can take on these behaviors of the skunk and try to emulate in that way. Um, self-assured. A skunk is definitely self-assured. It, it knows it has the power to get these animals out of the way. So it can internalize that and build confidence that way. Okay. Skunks are also, they're, they're known to be fearless, but very peaceful. They actually warn you three times before they spray. They'll That's turn around, true. they'll turn around, you know, mm-hmm. and then they'll lift their head, they'll lift their tail, and then they'll actually turn their head before they spray, but at that point you're pretty much screwed. So they try to be peaceful, they're, they're like peaceful warriors. They try to be peaceful at first by giving you that shot to get out of there. But if you didn't get out of there, that's your fault. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So a skunk can show up to teach you about getting more attention without being arrogant and irritating. You know what I mean? I like it. Because a skunk like has it. this bright, bright white stripe. So it shows itself off. You know, you know right. a skunk is coming. But it's... It, it's not doing it in a way where it's, it's, it's very peaceful. It just walks down the path. It's not tearing through, ripping things up. It's not um, trying to eat you. It's just wandering through. But it commands respect. So it's kind of uh, like a peacock, but not a slashy. Right. Now, you're going to love this part. Because the skunk is associated with its odor, mm-hmm. it is also connected with fragrances. Now, fragrances tap into those olfactory senses that we have that are somehow connected to our genitals and fragrances become sensual. Um, You know, aphrodisiacs, these are all associated with sensuality, but they're also fragrance and associated with a skunk. Anybody who actually would take on the skunk as a totem might want to check into um, things like aromatherapy, things that are revolve around sense or olfactory senses. That's interesting. Yeah, so all those things are in alignment. Another thing you you could actually learn from a skunk that I wrote, by the way, I took notes. So (laughs) another thing you could actually (laughs) learn from the skunk is the skunk kind of has the ability to live in balance with uh, drawing people in or repelling them. Got that. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So another thing he can teach you is to live in balance. Interesting. So all those things that you wouldn't think you'd get from a skunk, you know, when you start to actually sit down and look at them and analyze what it is they do and what they're about, you know, it's like, wow, hey, I, I get that, or hey, that's a very admirable quality, or something like that. Interesting. Awesome example, too, by the way. Awesome example. Yeah. I thought so. That's why I took so many notes. I <laughs> Interesting. All right. Huh. Well, that's, that's like a, a friend of mine pointed out to me that, that his spirit animal is the crow. Right? And so I was reading up on that one, and 
that's a much more impressive animal than I had any idea. I mean, who would have thought that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things in in the book we were talking about is that it's it's very, very intelligent, and it likes the fact that it's very intelligent. <laughs> yeah, it's like got that. an ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who who knew crows had egos? <laughs> yeah. I think there's a cartoon with crows that would show off their egos, but other than that, yeah, yeah. yeah well, who knew that was true? <laughs> you know, right. But like I said, this is just oh my goodness. But yeah, I just I, that's why this is just fascinating. I mean, you see animals in a whole new light. But then, oh, yeah. um, but. Uh, wow. I mean, uh. some animals are easy. When you, when, okay, when you think of a dog, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Loyal. Right. So uh, dogs are the symbol of faithfulness, their loyalty, protection. That's a dog. And that's all the same attributes that go along with a dog. You know, and they're common to us. So we know their habits, their traits, their behaviors. You know, but if... Let's just say somebody was having problems in their marriage, staying faithful. He might want to, you know, take on the attributes of a dog and start behaving a little bit more the way a dog would (laughs) as far as how it treats, you know, the people around it. So that that means that that when a wife calls her husband a dog, you can say, you wish? Yeah. (laughs) You know, but... Okay, you know what, there's also something we didn't talk about, but I know you and I had brought it up privately, is something called the shadow totem. So in that particular example that I gave, this was a negative attribute um, that this guy had that he wanted to cure with, with something that was faithful and other than that. But let's just say he was, uh, it was an animal that's known for only mating once with one and then just goes off and mates with another and goes off with mates with another and goes off and mates with another, that would be his uh, shadow totem. So that would be his negative side. He'd be emulating the behaviors of an animal that he really didn't want to. So what he'd have to do, so what you'd want to do there is study more about that animal, see if there's any more traits that fall in line, and then start to work to change those. Or right. pick up, right. or take on the totem of the dog to work to rearrange that and become more faithful and more loyal. Right, right, makes sense. Yeah, so totems work both ways. So there, there are many ways we can learn from nature and from the animals. Absolutely. Well, that was just like I was, I was, and there's, there's so many times too that that I'll do certain topics and I'll talk about, you know, just. Just connecting with nature can have such a difference and help us when when we're really stressed, you know, when when we're we're struggling with things that we can can't control, and especially in this last year, you know, there's just been so many things that there's just nothing we can do about it, and you know, we we just don't know what what to do yeah. next or what you know all that kind of thing, and so many times just. Even even when we're under restrictions and told not to go around other people and all this kind of stuff, we can still go outside our homes and our yards and and that kind of thing. Just go outside in the sunshine 
and and that kind of thing and just just be outside in nature even if we're by ourselves go outside and connect with nature you know it makes a difference it really does yeah you know take a couple of minutes to pay attention to what's around you yeah how it sounds how it looks how it feels and pay attention to how you feel when you're in nature because it usually does have a calming soothing effect yeah. Um, studies have shown that all over the place. Being out in nature for 15 minutes a day, you know, makes your day better, does everything else. Um, walking barefoot, connecting mm-hmm. to the ground without anything in between you, you connect to the negative ions, um, and that's good for you too. All these things, walking around barefoot on uneven ground, not on pavement, but walking on uneven ground, it's like a little mini reflexology session. You know, yeah. it's, it's hitting on all those little pressure points. And it's awesome. Yeah, it sure does. Well, and, and you know, if, if you've got sensitive feet, keep your shoes on until you get to a place in the ground that's not rough, you know, and then take your shoes off. Yeah, go to a beach, walk in the sand. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not normal. I'll go outside this time of year and I'll stand on 15-degree ground to ground and reconnect, but that's me. I have done that. Not lately, but... Yeah, I can't can't tolerate the cold like I used to, but yeah, I I've done that. But I I brought a a huge bag of sand back from the beach at one point, and I had it on on back on my deck in a, in a great big old tub, just so I could go bury my feet in the sand anytime I wanted to. <laughs> so, there you go. Be yeah. prepared. Well, you have to, and, and then and then I had um had an ocean CD, you know, that I could I could plug in. And go, oh yeah, close my eyes and act like I was at the beach. Being exactly. prepared like that—that's mm-hmm. an attribute of a squirrel. Uh, see, see, that's what I was going to say. I, I wanted you to ask me about the squirrels. That I was good for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You tell me about the squirrel then, since you behave like them. Go ahead. Oh no, no. The biggest thing is being prepared. You, you, you know, you, you gotta, gotta make sure you got your food prepared, and and you, you put the, put all the nuts away, and and you, right. you've got the food stored, and yeah. You know, and and back before we, again, before the Europeans showed up and everything, people would look to animals like this for, like, to read the change in the seasons. You know, you you see that the the squirrel's starting to store up, and you know it's getting a little cooler. It's like, okay, it's not just a cold day. Things are changing. You know, they used to look to these animals to see how to survive. And we can still do the same thing, to see how to behave. Yeah. The world keeps changing in crazy ways every day, you know, and you look at some of these animals where their environments change all the time and they've survived, you know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. maybe some of the things they do could help me get through this whole thing. Yeah. Are animal totems and spirits just a Native American thing or is, is this practice like other places in the world? Uh, yeah, absolutely not just a Native American thing. I mean, we're, we're in America, so obviously that's the easiest association for us. But, for instance, I'm, I'm very <laughs> deeply connected to my Norse roots. And ravens are the messengers of the gods in Norse mythology. Odin, the king of the Norse gods, had two ravens that would fly out every day, get the news of the world, bring it back to him. Uh, Notum. <laughs> Ravens are also the messengers, according to the Native Americans. 
Um, ravens are also messengers in, I believe it's Egyptian or Mesopotamian. They are also messengers. If you look throughout world history and mythology, um, like Egypt, for example, they had a cat goddess, Bastet. Um, mm-hmm. So essentially that, you know, that's a totem. Um, there were different gods and goddesses that were associated with animals like bears and lions, um, all for different reasons, you know, their power, their, their attributes. But even like the Hindu god Ganesh, he's an elephant. You know? hmm. all, the, all around the world, different gods, different things like that. If you look to um, like ancient English and Celtic, uh, pagan things. They had the goat gods, half goat, half man. Um, you had you had gods or uh, creatures like Cernunos, who was like a a, a goat guy. Um, uh, was it a goat or a ram? It was a goat. He had deer horns, something I forget off the top of my head. But he's associated with sensuality and sexual perversity or 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 overabundance. So it goes through different different areas, different timelines, but basically hits the entire globe. Um, there was different gods in South America that were associated with panthers and um, snakes and things of that nature. You uh, go to all parts of um, Southern Asia and you pick up with elephants and um, what else besides elephants? Rabbits are very important in a lot of cultures, too, as symbols of fertility. Most cultures, rabbits are symbols of fertility. I would think, yeah. yeah. All all over the world. Um, Bears are a huge symbol of power in most countries. So, yeah, it's everywhere. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I mean, even, even though the kangaroo is only native to... Australia and, and maybe New Zealand. Um, I, I think that's where it's native to. But they still have their own attributes and everything that the people there can study or that we could take on here. You know, for animals like, like a kangaroo that's a marsupial, you know, they mm-hmm. hold on to their babies in their pouch. So they're very, very protective. You know, that's another trait that we could take on even though we're halfway around the globe. Right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, it's 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 interesting when you <clears throat> look at what the animals do, and then analyze it in like what it symbolizes and how we can actually use that. Because obviously we don't have pouches, you know. <clears throat> right. But how we can internalize that, or how we can um, uh, imitate that. And you don't actually realize it, but the these totem animals and symbols are around you all over the place. Whenever a company wants to um, talk about how powerful and strong it is, it'll use the symbol of like a lion, you know, for strength and courage. Or if you want, they want to uh, show something that's powerful. They they might use you know elephants, or they want to show something that rises above it all. They'll, they'll show an eagle, you know? Right. So they're using totems in the advertising because th- these are things that you relate to them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now we've, we've said that the animal chooses us. We can't choose it. 
So can we give the listeners some tips on how they might be able to discover what their spirit animal is? Yeah, very easy. Um, depending upon depending upon you know how spiritually connected you are, it's going to be easier for you than some of them others. Um, some people do really well, like in their dreams. They'll they'll ask for answers and they'll get a dream of it. So you can very simply just go into your dream before you go to bed, um, ask whoever you normally talk to, if you talk to anybody, to just you know. Show, show in your dreams who this animal might be. You can also talk to your guides, angels, spirits, whoever, and, and ask for this animal to show up. Um, and, you know, if, it, if it's something, I mean, unless you're talking about like a duck-billed duck platypus, it's possible it could show up somewhere. You know, it could show up in front of you in pictures all the time. Um, it could show up in front of you on the street, you know, just out of nowhere. It could show up as something that's on, uh, let's say, a logo that for some reason you just keep seeing it over and over and over again. That could be it. It's showing you, it's showing itself to you in that way. Like, hey, I'm all around you. Take a look. You know, I'm right here in front of your face. Um, other ways to do it is to start taking a look at yourself inside. Who are you? Are you somebody who's very protective? Might you identify with a bear? You know, might you identify with, like we said, the kangaroo and the marsupials because they have pouches? Or, you know, are you an animal, are you a person that, you know, is shy, doesn't like to be out in public, you know, or, or things like that, or doesn't like the daytime, likes to be out at night all the time? Then you might want to start looking at some animals that are nocturnal. Because it sounds like, you know, your spirit would align with their spirit because you're both nocturnal creatures. That's one way to find out. Well, and I think one of the things, too, is, is being aware that you're looking for it. Because it could be something that's right in front of you every day, but you're just not paying attention for it. Is that yeah, possible? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, definitely. No. Like, like I said, like that logo thing. For instance, okay, Ford Mustang. They use the horse. What does the yep. horse symbolize? The horse symbolizes travel, power, and freedom. You know, so when you think of a Mustang, you think of freedom. Okay, but let's say you're that type of person. You're, you're eager to get out of here. You know, you're, you've got the traveling itch, all this shit. It could be that, you know, you keep seeing that, that Mustang emblem. It keeps popping up in front of your face for whatever reason. You don't know, but it's still there. And then it, you know, it just clicks. It's like, okay, what is the Mustang? Why, why is that important to me? But start looking at things. What is it that I see every day? You know, is that something that I could identify with? Does it have something to tell me? You know, that, 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 um, that fox that travels my path every day, you know, I just think he's going to find some food and he's in my way and I got to get around him. But damn, why is that fox always there? You know, <laughs> start asking those questions. Once you start asking questions, you start finding things out and brings up more questions, but you keep learning things. And learning is always the important part. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, you know, you know it, could, it could be anything. You know, there's, there could, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a big animal. It could even be a smaller animal that you run into all the time. So, oh, yeah. or, or a bird or any, anything. So, yeah, it'd be like, you know, that rabbits are always on your path that, you know, they just, for some reason, they're always hopping down the street, you know, 
take a look. What does the rabbit mean? You know, maybe like, oh, hey, my wife's pregnant. I, you know how I knew that? I see this damn rabbit every day, and what is it rabbits do? You know, yeah, my wife was pregnant. They, that rabbit was trying to tell me something, but I, I, I wasn't wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's true. Realize how much totems and stuff are around us all the time. You know, here's here's something funny. What's a cougar? A cougar. A cougar. Now, a I mean, it's, it's obvious it's a cat, but in, like, slang terms or pop culture, what what's a cougar? Oh, oh, um, a hot, sexy woman. It's chasing after a young guy. Okay, so a hot, He's sexy like, woman chasing after a young guy. That sounds like a woman who's very confident, uh, a woman who's comfortable in her own power and knows herself, a woman who's mm-hmm. not afraid of things. Cougar is the symbol of coming into your own power. That's where okay. that name came from. Okay. I like that. Okay, cool. Are That's each one of the different, because there's, there's so many different, like you've got lions and tigers and leopards and cougars and panthers and jaguars. Are each one of those Every, different? Yeah, everything is totally different. There are certain families of, of animals, like say, you know, for instance, deer. Um, mm-hmm. So an, it, an elk would fit into the deer family. A caribou would fit into the deer family. Um, mm-hmm. A stag would fit into the deer family. They would all share some type of similar traits, but they also share some very different traits. And okay. For example, even deer. You know, there's a hundred different kinds of deer. One, a mule deer. A mule deer is not one that's going to keep walking down the same hunting path like the other ones do. A mule deer is a wanderer. So it could be the wandering quality of that deer that aligns with somebody rather than, say, a white tail or something like that. Right. So that's a specific type of deer there. But in other things, it's really just the families. Like all cats are somehow associated with the feminine. They're all somehow associated with, with magic and mystery. But they all have their own individual thing as well. Again, like cougar coming into your own power whereas a lion is more about assertion of the feminine, the feminine protectiveness of the young, the feminine of do anything for the family, the courage to fight off anybody to protect what's yours. That's a lion. Now, they're both cats, but they do have, you know, different things. Right. Okay. And, and a lot of animals share the same thing. Like a bull is also a symbol of fertility. So is, of course, the rabbit. Um, these are all, they share similar qualities. Bull is also very strong, very powerful. So is the elk. The elk has, has a huge thing of strength and nobility. So they, they share similar qualities, but they're not quite the same. Right, right. Yeah, you have to share some, but... Yeah, I mean, even an armadillo. (laughs) An armadillo, its main quality is protection. It's nature's little tank. It's got these huge things on top of it to keep to you know to save it from predators so there's an element of protection with the armadillo there's an element of protection with other animals as well true yeah i can can see protection with an armadillo that makes sense and a porcupine too i bet yeah porcupine anything that a scorpion scorpion has its own protection oh yeah all those things oh and by the way um totems are not limited to just animals as far as like mammals Birds, fish, amphibians, reptiles, they all have a similar thing. There's actually different associations with them, too. 
um, bird totems. Bird totems are a different type of a hierarchy because animals that fly, they can move between the heavens and earth. So they're always associated with some type of wisdom, wisdom or mystical energies. Um, amphibians, for instance, they live between both worlds, land and sea. So they can live between the world of the living and they, they can li live between the world of the spirits. They have their connections there. Huh, okay, I haven't got to that yet. Yeah, for instance, okay, no. like my... <clears throat> I... Um, for a while, people were bringing me dead animals, roadkill, to you know do uh, a ceremony and bury them the proper way. A couple of these animals, I asked to take their wings, and I used them as smudge fans. But what I did was I took the body of the animal that was left, and I brought it down to the uh, lake behind my property, and I left it right at the water's edge, a place between two worlds. It was also a place where it could be eaten by another animal and go through the cycle of nature. But it was important to bring its spirit to the two worlds. Okay. Okay, what about are turtles and sea turtles the same? No, and there's a whole bunch of differences. I'm not going to get into all of them, and I don't know all of them. But okay. especially here, especially here on the east coast of the United States where we are, um, the Native American creation story among the Eastern tribes is that we are all living on Turtle Island, that we are all living on the gigantic back of a turtle. Now, huh. yeah, and it, it's kind of funny, too, though there's a whole lot of Native Americans associated with a turtle. Uh, a turtle, if you count the segments on its back, there's 13 in the middle for the 13 moons, and there's actually 28 segments around um, the rim of the turtle shell, which are the 28 days of the, the lunar calendar. There's actually a Ooh. book out there called 13 Moons on a uh, Turtle's Back, where it goes through the whole thing. So turtles are incredibly important in um, Native American culture and spirituality. So these, this particular, like I said, here on the East Coast, we deal with Turtle Island. Um, Sea turtles have their own thing, and that's more, like, global, you know. But here, where we are, turtles have a different meaning. Okay. Well, I just a can of worms I didn't know about there. Oh, okay. But, 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 turtle, but turtles in general do the same thing. They're about slow progress with uh, uh, coming to fruition. So slow and steady progress to achieve your goal. Right. Turtles okay. are also a huge sign of longevity because they live forever. Right. Yes. So turtles are about strength and longevity and steadfastness. So along there. Okay. And butterflies transformation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> the whole, yeah, the whole, uh, what is it, what's it uh, catharsis? No, what's it called? That whole thing of going through those stages to become the butterfly. But anyway, yeah, it's transformation, metamorphosis, those things. Okay. <clears throat> and do we want to recommend a book to the reader, to the listeners? Sure. But I, I just want, you brought up a butterfly, so I just want to bring okay. up an insect real quick. A okay. spider. What ah. does a spider do? Makes webs. Makes a web. What is a web? 
Web is something that interconnects things. People who possess spider medicine, medicine, by the way, just means anything that's good for you. When a Native American says that this is some type of medicine, it just means it's good for it, makes them feel good. Spider medicine means connecting people, getting people in touch with who they need to be in touch with to progress. So people who have spider medicine are people who are always saying, oh, you need a roofer? Hey, I know Dave can do that. Oh, Dave, you need a massage? Yeah, Janet's a massage therapist. That type of person possesses spider medicine. So somebody that networks. Yes, and somebody who networks would be someone who, could, yeah, has either they could, they could have a spider totem or they are somebody who possesses attributes of a spider that works towards somebody else. That, that's called medicine. So they create a web of people. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yep. People who are like um, people who are say like dispatchers or logistics people, people who do that, they could take on a spider totem because okay. that's what they do for a living. They do the same things. Okay. Now, what what is the medicine? Because I remember hearing that in one of the things I was listening to too. Okay, so medicine itself. I'm, um, I have the guy who gave me my Native American name. He's a he's an Abenaki Indian ceremonialist. Um, so he he's all about medicine in action and doing things that are good medicine for people. Um, medicine just means anything that feels good or is good for you. So when we say animal medicine, um, we're talking the, about what it has to teach us or what it does that is good for us or that we can emulate that is good for us. Um, so it's the lesson that it has to teach you, and it's what we can emulate that makes things better for us. That's the medicine involved. It's the lesson or it's the, the payout. Okay. Interesting. All right, all right, all right. Hmm. All right, now... I hear that Ted Andrews, I believe his name is, is the the one who wrote the book. Yes, the, the I like to call it the Bible of animal totems. I don't know if anybody else would agree with me, but I freaking love it. He's written a couple other books. I think probably about forty. It says here on the back of his book. Um, Good day. One of them's called the Healer, the Healer's Manual. Uh, there's another one, How to Meet and Work with Spirit Guides and How to Heal with Color and Sacred Sounds. Hmm. This book itself is incredibly comprehensive. It goes, through, um, it goes through amphibians, reptiles, insects, birds, animals, everything. It teaches you a lot about um, the medicine associated with it. There's, there's um, exercises and practices in here to help you find out who your spirit um, animal is. There's also... Um, this book actually, and I didn't touch on it at all, I'm not going to, that's a show all its own, and I'm not an expert, is shape-shifting, which involves animal spirits as well, and that was done by Shaman. Um, so he covers a lot of things in this book. Right, yeah. yeah, like I said, I've, I've heard from several sources that he, he is the man. Yeah. So, and Absolutely. I just... So have I mentioned this, that I was going to do this to a friend of mine, and he says, oh, we have a book, and it just so happened to be that's the one that he had. <laughs> so, so I am currently borrowing it. 
it's the book. So that's yep. that's what I heard. Actually, I have a friend that wrote a book. I, I'll send a link over so you can take a look. That uh, I'm curious to see hers too. But um, but yeah, I'm thoroughly enjoying this one at the moment. So good. This is, uh, I I just I've, this has just been fascinating. So I am I am hoping that the the listeners have thoroughly enjoyed this and are are interested in learning more. And like I said, I've I've got a number of different different ones that I'm going to be talking about, and I'm going to have a package of information each week, each week when I do that that the listeners can download and take a look at more stuff. And I tell you, let me tell you the the ones that I'm I'm looking at, and tell me what what you think I should start with. Okay. We got dolphins, wolf, horse, owl, panther. And well, those those are five of the ones I've got. What should I start with? Um, wolf is, is a huge one. Uh, a lot of people identify with wolves, and wolves are very very misunderstood as far as who they are and what their behaviors are. I'd start with a wolf. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. Like I said, a lot of people like to think they're an owl. So I'll probably do that just kind of. Uh, believe it or not, most people who understand what owl is, uh, my, I can't say most people, but a lot of people who understand what owl symbolizes want nothing to do with owl. It's an incredible, <laughs> it's an incredible responsibility to be an owl mm-hmm. person. Good. I'm, I'll do that number two. Okay. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just take care of that and get that off the board right up front. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll, just, I'll tell you this: most people who do work with, like, a, as a death doula or something like that, mm-hmm. they have owl owl as a totem. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I like it. That's a cliffhanger if ever I heard one. Uh huh. Good job, Paul. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. See, and you're going to have to wait a couple months to hear that one, folks. <laughs> so, there you go. Everybody's going to Google that now. There's, there's the cheese. <laughs> I'm going to have to crack that open tonight and take a look at that. Oh, that's funny. I, well, of course I am. <laughs> All right. That's fascinating. And I will have, I will have information about Ted Andrews' book. And uh, yeah, this this is fascinating. I'm I'm going to enjoy this, and I'm I, I am going to look ahead because I've I've got a bunch of this stuff now. So, but I am I am hoping the listeners as interested in learning more as I am, and we will be talking about more of this. So, and who knows? I, I may have Paul back to talk about one of these too. You never know. Apparently, some of my other talents as well. You just, you just I, I just keep finding things you know about Paul. Apparently <laughs> so. so. Want to do a show on tiling your bathroom? No, never mind. No, <laughs> I don't think I can work that in. I just I don't know how to make that connect to relationships and and self help and all. Well, self help maybe. Oh, I I can bring it back to sexual positions easy. <laughs> I have no doubt. Hey, I can even mm-hmm. bring that back to sex positions. See, all I got to do is plant the seed, and you're off and running. I, you know I can make it work. <laughs> so thank you again for being here, Paul. I appreciate it. 
Anytime. And listeners, for a replay of tonight's show and to get more information, go to the website to readyforloveradio.com slash and I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.